Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear Granny. Happy birthday to you. In today's episode, we're conducting a birthday Q&A. Peace and blessings, everyone. It's Elegant Granny, your creator and host of the Proactive Eye Podcast. Yes, it is my birthday, and I am celebrating a little bit different today. I have decided to celebrate doing things I love, like spending time with you. And, you know, that's something I do every Friday, but I wanted to do it anyway. And also to spend time with my book club doing a Wham! review on the current book we are reading. Speaking of which, I will be live on Facebook and on YouTube this afternoon with Dr. Tammy Francis and Nina Motivates as we do a Wham! review on Dr. Tammy's latest book, Reap More. Wham! W-A-M stands for Women Aspiring for More, and it is a book club I have been a part of the last year or two. If you care to join us, I will leave a link on the blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog, where you can join the book club and the conversation on the Wham! review. Last week on the review was a lot of fun, and I decided instead of skipping on this week due to my birthday, I wanted to join in. I always had a fascination with books since childhood, and I cannot think of a better way of celebrating than with friends and a good book to review. We will go live on Facebook and on YouTube today at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, I will have the link to the book club on the blog. Another way I would like to celebrate is to go live on Instagram or YouTube on my own profile. And so if you are not following me, you can find me at one of the two Instagram profiles at Proactive Eye or at Elegant Granny. On YouTube, you can find me at Elegant Granny TV. The links will be on the show notes and also on the blog. I am thinking of doing a giveaway and offering other opportunities for us to connect and collaborate. So make sure you follow it. The last way I would like to celebrate with you today is for you to either click the support button on the homepage of this podcast to support this podcast, continuing the work of sharing information on abuse and how to survive it, prevent it, and support others who are dealing with it. There is also a donate link on my website where you can make donations that will help with materials needed to share with survivors of abuse in mentoring sessions. All links will be on my link tree, which will be posted in the show notes and on the blog. Last week's episode was about living that VIP status after surviving a life of abuse and managing your healing journey. There's no one else in this world more important than you, and it is high time you treated yourself as such. If you missed that episode, the link will be in the show notes and also on the blog. 
today's episode, I will answer several questions I was saving for a quarterly Q&A, but decided because of the amount of questions I received to split them up and do a number of them now. So let's get to it. So question number one, how did you start life over after getting out of an abusive relationship? I did it with a plan. Before I left, I created a plan of how I wanted my life to look and I went with that. But first, before I did that, I took the first week after he was gone, um, and it was me in the house and his mother was still there. She stayed maybe like another two weeks later than she left. Um, but I took the very first week and I allowed myself to feel absolutely every emotion that was associated with what I was going through. And I allowed myself to feel it, whether it's happy, whether it's sad, whether it was regret, remorse, um, hatred, um, you know, regrets, anything. It just, I just allowed myself that time to feel because I needed to um, process some things because during the relationship, I was not able to process anything that I was feeling emotionally. I had to pocket a lot of stuff. And so I allowed myself that moment, that brief moment, seven days, and I gave myself a deadline uh, because I did not want to go into a deep depression. I wanted to be able to still be functional. So I allowed myself to go through that, but I gave myself a time to, to do that. And whether I was finished feeling what I was going through or not, that after that week, that seven days, I had to get up, brush myself off and get to work because it was time to heal because I had things I wanted to do. And I had a plan that I had already put in place of how I wanted that to look like. And um, according to the plan, I needed to go see a physician and I needed to find a mental health specialist. So I did that as soon as I dealt with that one week of feeling everything, that's what I did. And that's how I started the healing process. Number two, what on your healing journey did you find was the most successful and what was the least successful? What the most successful thing um, was focusing on me. Absolutely nobody but me, because a lot of times what tends to happen is I um, help other people heal. They tend to focus on the abuser, how they were supposed to be this and that and the other, and they weren't, and um, all of the lies and all of the the mistrust and the misunderstandings and... and, um, how they were treated they they pretty much still put a lot of energy into the to the abuser and what I did not want to do was focus my energy there I wanted to heal that was my goal 
So in order to do that, it was important to put every ounce of energy on me, not anyone else, not even the people who were around to support me. All of my energy was spent on me. And that was most successful. And that's what gotten that that is what has gotten me to this point. Now, what was the least successful was there were people in my life um, who were still in my life. And, you know, some people mean well. They do. Some of them do. Some of them don't know how to support you. And then some of them love you so much that when they see you in help, they don't want you to take care of anything. They just want you to relax and let them take care of everything. And that's never been me. I've always been very independent. And once I gained control of my life, I was just not giving it to anybody else. So people like that, and there were some who understood and they backed off. But then there were some, they were bound to determine, no, you just focus on this. And I'm like, okay, you know what? What I'm going to need you to do is stay on the other side of that door because I dealt with that for so long and I'm not dealing with that anymore. And so that's the way it had to be. I That was the least successful and um, allowing them to be there. So in order for it to be as successful as I needed to be, I needed to get rid of them. Rid of them. If they could not understand that I had to have this boundary enforced. So yeah, that was pretty much it. Question number three, would you get married again? I have not given that a thought. Um, I guess it's possible. Anything's possible, but at this point, it's a no at this point because my only focus is on me and my goals and continuing on my path of journey of, of healing and and enjoying life. That's that's the only thing that I'm looking forward to right now. Next question. How has your experience changed your perspective of men? Actually, it has not changed. I still feel the way I do about men that I always have. I do not um, put all men in the same pot. There are men who are men, and then there are men who appear to be men, but they are not what I call men. Um, You cannot um, judge one person by someone else's actions. I wasn't raised to do it that way, and that's just not what I do. It, you know, like I said, my perspective has not changed. I do not see all men as dogs just because I was dogged out by one. That was just that one person. Um, I just don't see men that way. Each are their own individual, and they should be treated as such. So it's still the same. How did you find the strength to leave your abusive husband? For me, it wasn't about strength. It was about strategy. You often hear me say in my episodes that each case is different. And in my case, it was better to be strategic than to have strength. Strength is something I had. I've never lost. 
Um, Self-esteem is not something that, that I had to gather. What I needed to do was be strategic because here's the thing. You have people, men or female, who are abusive and some of them, you know, they meet someone and sometimes you can just meet somebody, you know, there's no plan or anything. Um, you meet them and you kick it off and you just, you know, later on you decide, you know, you want to do, you know, make it a, you know, a little bit longer. And so you end up in a relationship and then later on you find out they're abusive. But then you have those who are actually predators. That was in my case. My case was that. And you have people, you don't just meet up with people and you kick it off and, you know, you find a common bond or something like that. With a predator who is abusive, they seek their next victim. They, they look, they scout for their next victim and they choose one and they do not choose people who are weak. They choose people who are strong because they need to, them to be strong because they are weak. And they choose people who are very intelligent because there are times when they have their mental breakdowns that they are not going to make the best choices. And they actually look for the victim to make those choices for them at the same time. And I know this sounds contradictory. At the same time, they don't want them making decisions. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, others who have experienced it may understand what I, I mean. I, it's hard for me to explain, but there are those of them who are predators and there are those of them who are not. For me, it was a matter of being strategic. I had to be very strategic and plan absolutely everything. So that was how I was able to leave. Next question. Did you ever consider going back to your ex-husband? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. That's like a child going by a stove and you tell them to not touch the stove. And as soon as you turn your eye for a split second, they touch the stove and they and they get burned and they yell and you know you come to their aid or whatever like that the next time they come into the kitchen they're not going to touch that stove uh -uh. no they remember how that felt for me that's my case i am not about to touch that stove i can't say that's everybody's lot and I have met people who go from abusive relationship to abusive relationship to abusive relationship. Um, out of all the relationships that I've been in, this was the only one that was like this. And so I'm not about to touch that stove again. No, no thank you. So no, I have not considered going back and I never will. Next question, how does your experience help others who are in an abusive relationship? I believe it helps others to share my story because it helps others to feel comfortable sharing their story. It helps others to feel comfortable enough to come out and do something about their situation, whether they start strategically planning their way out 
or if you on the supportive side, it helps you to be able to understand the mindset of what a victim is going through and some things that you can do to help alleviate the stress. So when they are at a point where they are ready to come out, some of the things that needs to be taken care of, you have already taken care of it for them. And this is why I created this platform. Um, I wanted to come on here and talk about some of the things, not just um, about what we go through or what we have went through, but some of the things that people who, who really want to help, who have the heart to help, there are some things that you can help by, um, you know, taking care of some of the things that they can't take care of because they're in a situation at the time. And you just never know how much that would mean to somebody when they get on the other side and they are at their lowest point when they come out. They're still vulnerable. And to find out that you were willing to go to the extra mile to take care of a few things that they will need when they come out, that is so helpful. So this is why um, I believe my experience will help others because I want people to know there are things that can be done to help survivors, whether you know you can do it or not, even if it's just going to take a course and learning the different signs and symptoms of abuse and learning what some of the resources are in your area. So when they come out and they don't know what to do, you have a table of options for them to choose from. That in itself will help. So this next person asks, <clears throat> excuse me, how would you rate your level of healing at this point? I think my level of healing is very good. I have been working on it since um, I escaped my ex-husband and I haven't stopped. I continued working on it and I've had a few setbacks, but I brushed myself off and I got right on back up and I continued on and I am very happy at this point. I can say, honestly say, I am very, very happy at this point. I still have a ways to go, but I am very, very happy. I have a great um, mental health specialist. I have a great spiritual advisor and my nurse practitioner. They all listen to me and they help me. They help guide me and they listen to me. And that's important to me. So I'm very happy. Next question, where in your journey did you feel it was the right time to start your healing? I felt it was right just before I got out. And that was the reason why I planned my way out because first of all, I needed to because that's the level of mentality that I was dealing with. The abuser that I lived with that I was married to was very intelligent very intelligent. So I had to um, deal with my exit plan the same way. I had to deal with it the same way. So um, I knew it was uh, the right time to start my healing journey before then. That's the reason why I planned my way out. So um, yeah, that's my answer to that. 
Last question is, how would you know it's the right time to leave your abuser when you feel there is no way out? That is an awesome question, and I thank you for asking that. The victim is the one who would know because um, no matter how you may feel or how much you may want that person to leave when you feel like, okay, if you don't leave soon, this is going to happen. If you don't leave soon, that is going to happen. There are so many things to consider before you leave. And what we need to happen is for that person to do it as safely as possible. We don't want that person to end up in the worst situation um, trying to leave um, when the abuser is around or trying to leave and it causes the abuser um, some triggers because of some unresolved issues in their life and it makes things worse. You never know what's going on in their mind. You never, when, for one thing, when if they say, if I can't help you, if I can't have you, no one else can have you. They mean it. If they tell you, if you leave, I'll kill you. They mean it. They, they're not playing. So, um, the victim will know when it is the right time. It's, it's like, let me see, how can I explain it? The way I felt is like, when it was the right time, it's like I saw this light, you know, on the other side. It's, the sun never stops shining. And no matter how cloudy and gray and gloomy it is outside, just because you don't feel the rays of the sun doesn't mean it's not shining. It's shining. So after the clouds dissipate, at some point, there's going to be a brief moment where the sun is shining so bright. All you can see is light and that's your right time. And so I just knew when it was my time and I just went for that moment. But like I said, the victim will know. We won't know, but the victim will know. Okay, so those are the questions chosen for this Q&A session on Granny's birthday. I would like to thank each of you for supporting me. It has been a great pleasure serving you. Now to go fix myself some birthday breakfast. You are a great asset in this world, and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let our granny know in the voice message feature or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. I would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with me and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit the Proactive Eye blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. You can also connect with Proactive Eye on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye and also on Facebook. 
The handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family. Thank you.